You know, we have all talked about NIL and the benefits, the good, the bad, and the ugly, and the wild, wild west of it. But I would certainly want to have this conversation with nobody other than A.J. Black when it comes to Jordan Addison. Listen, is the man going to USC? Is he staying at Pitt? There's so many questions that I just don't understand, but I think that's the nature of the beast when it comes to NIL these days. Let's talk about that and maybe a little draft talk while we're at it. On ACC, your daily podcast on the Atlantic Coast Conference, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to today's edition of Locked On ACC. I'm your host, Keenis Cooper, joined by AJ Black from Locked On Boston College, and we are locked and loaded and ready to go for a great episode here. We're going to talk a lot, a lot of football. I'm super pumped that you guys make us your first listen each and every day. You can find us available wherever you listen to podcasts and especially on YouTube. Leave all those comments. We love it when you talk positive to us. But AJ, I'm so glad to have you here because I'm always looking for a good football expert. How's it going? Good. It's great, Candice. It's uh, been a crazy month since we've last talked, and I can't yeah. wait to get into some ACC football. <laughs> it's been so long, but it's so good to be back with my regular crew, especially because there have been some hot stories. I had have J.J. Jackson on, and we're, of course, I got to rub it in his face about Final Four and all of that good mm-hmm. stuff. But, you know, all of the things that are happening with the draft. I get to talk to, you know, Drizzy Drake tomorrow about, you know, Florida State and Jermaine Johnson and all of that stuff. And then, of course, I get to talk to Kenton Gibbs, who's going to rub in my face about Sam Howell and how low he went. But that's neither here nor there. Right now, I got to focus on Jordan Addison, who is still in college. We don't know where he's going yet. Might be staying at Pitt, might be going to USC, might be going to the highest bidder. NIL has been the Wild Wild West, as we know, but there has just been a lot of conversation. So how it started, right? The Blitnikoff Award winner, Jordan Addison, who said he was taking his talents to USC because of a multi-million dollar NIL deal that he was set to receive. And then everything kind of fell apart. So, AJ, I'm so glad I have you here to help fill in the blanks. Please let the people know what's going down. So the news broke um, on, I think it was Saturday or Sunday, that Addison had signed, I think it was a $3.5 million contract, an NIL contract with USC. And that that immediately blew up sports, Twitter, sports, everything. Everyone was talking about this because the deal was crazy because you look at what the Pittsburgh Steelers are paying their second round (laughs) draft pick, and it's substantially less than what Addison would make at USC. That being said, then the, the news starts to trickle out. You see Pete Thamel, Ross Dellinger from SI. They're all starting to get little bits and pieces of the deal. F- basically, what ends up happening, you hear that Pat Narduzzi called and texted angrily at Lincoln Riley at least two or three times on that Saturday. like Kind of like, what the hell? What are you doing? Mm-hmm. Um, and all of a sudden, on Sunday morning, you hear that Addison may have gotten more money out of Pitt to stay with the Panthers. Oh, wow. Then yesterday, (laughs) Campbell comes back out again and says that Addison is going to enter the transfer portal, but he doesn't know where he's going to end up because there's three schools he's looking at, USC, Alabama, and Texas. Now, USC was the one that you just mentioned, and that's the big one that everyone's talking about. He gets to be with Caleb Williams and that offense with Lincoln Riley. Makes a lot of sense. Texas, he'd work with his wide receivers coach, Brandon Marion, who ended up going to Texas? I think right. it was the beginning of last year. He's got a good relationship with him, and and Texas is there. They've got all the money in the world to spend on a kid like that. And Alabama's Alabama. 
yeah. to, you know, right? Sure. And then there's always the, the possibility, now it seems slim to none, that he would return to Pitt. And that's okay. where we're at now, is that he has not yet made a decision, and he's just going to try to milk out, I guess, what, who's going to give him the most money. Okay, so as it stood, leaving Pitt was because the offensive coordinator left, I believe, his wide receivers coach left. So it was kind of like, all right, well, if the people that kind of made me who I am – Maybe I should take my talents elsewhere, which understandable. Coaches leave. Why can't kids leave? Fine. Then you start to have the money play into it where you're like, three point, huh? How many million dollars? You're like, listen, maybe they were doing that. But if, they, if they're doing this in public, can I, I can only imagine the kind of money they've been doing in private. I, I don't know. Has that been always been a sort of ballpark number for things? Or is this like a new, hey, millions of dollars is, is the name of the game? Well, it, it all depends on what was behind the uh, behind this the scenes, true. right? Because yeah. I think what turns people off right now is that the dirty laundry that we never saw but knew was happening is now completely in the open. Yeah. And, and they're shoving it in your face. And true. it makes people uncomfortable because it's gross. Um, <laughs> but you do – you feel – you want the players you, – you know, on one hand, you want the players to get all the money that they can. And I am right. never going to fault a player for doing that. Right. You know, this it's it's this is amateur football, but like in the end of the day, if the market dictates that they can get that kind of money, then go get your money, right? That's fair. But yeah. On the other hand, it's still kind of ugh. It, it, just, it just doesn't it doesn't feel right, right? Yeah. So now all of this is now up opening in the air. And whose fault is this? Is it the boosters? Is it the mm-hmm. players? Is it the coaches? It's the NCAA's fault. This is all on Mark Emmerich. For doing nothing <laughs> yeah. for twenty years, and our guys step quote unquote stepping down like perfect time, right? You don't want yeah. you don't want to have the whole responsibility and actually see things to come to pass where there's a process in place. No, 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 no. I'm going to take my talents elsewhere. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he had all the opportunity to put some guidelines down to make this work, and then instead, it seems to me like he did this on purpose so that it would blow up, and then he could go, "Hey, look, you guys mm. all wanted this. This is what's happening." Yeah, and it just seems like that was his. It, it seemed kind of vindictive, mm. and it seems that he's leaving this giant mess for who, whatever the next NCAA president. And I mean, before we even recorded this, Ross Dellinger of SI again just tweeted out that uh, an article that the ads and sports administrators throughout the country are going about to start passing legislation and and rules within the NCAA to, to kind of try to rein this in because we're only one year into NIL and it's already insane. Yeah, and you know, what's crazy is like, this is football we're talking about. I know, you know, we spent the day and said this conversation would be about this, but I can only imagine what the conversations are around basketball and why some of these guys are deciding to return or some of these guys are going to different schools. There's a lot of money at play. And even you think about Olympic sports where you have a lot of young ladies who are getting lots and lots of money to be influencers now, to have all these different kind of deals on these TikToks and social medias and all this kind of stuff. It's crazy because there is no regulation in place. So while we are assuming that everyone means good business and is giving these uh, deals in good faith so you'll stay at their school, we're hoping that they see it through. We're hoping that they pay the dividends at the end. You know, they're not, they don't fluke at or make some sort of addendum in their contracts and screw them over. If like, let's say they get hurt or anything of those sorts of things happen. Like we just don't know. And it all sounds nice right now until somebody does get screwed. And then we're all going to throw our hands up in the air, but getting back to Jordan Addison, okay. 
Pitt's on the table, but not really. USC could be on the table, Hollywood, all that good stuff. I think you get lost in the sauce there. Where I feel like he's going to go is Texas because his wide receivers coach is there. And the kind of money that they got down there in Texas and then that good oil, I just – something tells me he might be a Longhorn. They got, yeah, I mean, he I, has nothing – it's almost as if they have a lot to look forward to in terms of Texas. Yeah, they've got Quinn Ewers, who's mm-hmm. you know that young quarterback that they're really pouting. They've got a good coach there in Sark. And – for how many years have we heard that Texas is the richest athletic department in the country, right? Right. They have their so own network. <laughs> they're gonna, they're gonna, yeah, the Longhorn Network. They're going to find yeah. that money to pay him if they want him there. Yeah. And to put him next to like Xavier Worthy, their other wide receiver, you get they, they pony up the money to get Addison there. They immediately have two of the best wide receivers in the country and an yeah. offense that could put the, you know, the big 12 back into the title picture again for the first time for sure. in how many years? Insane. Yep. A long time. And I just think that ultimately, you know, Alabama, of course, is Alabama, and they certainly will figure out how to shell out some money down there. But you get lost in the sauce down there. We know Jameer Gibbs is going down there to be the new running back after transferring from Georgia Tech. And I know you want to have all your high flyers and hit makers, but I think it says something about going to a school like a Texas, and you can really help put that quote-unquote back on the map and pretty much sell yourself to get an opportunity to be in the NFL draft. But as we saw, you know, some of the top names don't necessarily make it to the top numbers of the draft. So we'd love to get thoughts about our guys that we felt like were head scratchers in terms of just who we were surprised didn't go far. So we'll start there because it's a long off season. There's a lot of things to talk about. We have plenty of time to go over that, but we know that summer is coming and with summer, you're going to need some food on the go. Built bars are the perfect snack to take with you on family vacations. Throw them in your bags, in your kids' backpacks. Make sure that everyone has a bar so they're fueled for summer adventures. The best part about Built Bars, they are healthy and delicious. No more sacrificing delicious food for health. Built Bar can help you with both, and it's easy, and you ha- all you have to do is go to Built.com and order. Now, if that's not enough flavor for you, which we have banana cream pie and churros, with those built bar puffs, then you might want to try a mix box. Mix box comes with 12 flavors of bars and puffs. Built bar makes sure that there is something for everyone. Know what my favorite flavor is specifically? I love me some cherry Garcia. Can never ever get down with that without it. 130 calories, four grams of sugar, four net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to any candy bar, and I'm telling you, you doesn't even come close. Go to built.com, use promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your order. Again, use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. So we're rocking and rolling here with A.J. Black of Locked on Boston College, and we're talking about football here. Jordan Addison of Pitt might take his talents elsewhere. He might go to USC, might go to Alabama, might go to Texas, but hopefully he stays in the ACC because that will obviously fare better for our conference, right? And we also have defending ACC champions, Pitt, who certainly are trying to keep themselves in the conversation. We know that they have a lot of good contenders trying to come in their way. But let's talk about the draft here a little bit. I want to talk about that because we have all season to prepare ourselves for what the um, ACC schedule will look like. So when we talk about guys who we just were a little bit surprised about and didn't go as high as we thought they would, AJ, I know there's a couple. There's got to be a couple here out of the ACC that you were like, huh, I wonder what people didn't see because I thought I saw it when it came to being drafted. Yeah. Okay. So the first one, I'm going to push it right back to you. I want to know what happened with Sam Howell. 
man, you know, it's so crazy. And shout out to, you know, the Ultimate Draft, the Locked On NFL Draft podcast for having me and Isaac on throughout the weekend as we were sitting there. And Isaac went to go, you know, what is it called? Rowing, kayaking with his family. Mm-hmm. He was like, I don't even know where the heck Sam's going to go at this point. Because I'm thinking day one, first round, uh, he, I thought he was going to go late first round, personally. So I was like, okay, Kenny's getting drafted. You, everyone seems to be wanting homers with, you know, Icky going to the uh, Carolina Panthers, being from Charlotte. I'm like, all right. I, then I started to look at the list, though, right? And I was looking at who actually had picks. And when I was rumming, rummaging through it, I was like, yeah, they, they need a quarterback, but not really. And as you kept rolling, you're like, all right, we can do that for one, two, and then three rounds. And after three rounds, I'm like, all right, is this boy going to get drafted? <laughs> like, yeah. I'm just a little bit confused. So I said to myself, I literally said verbatim, whatever, anyone else could check me. I looked at the commanders and I told, you know, my partner and I was like, he's probably going to go to the commanders because that's a good quarterback competition for him at the end of the day. I don't know where I don't if you don't go there, I don't know where else he's going to go on this list because anyone else you can make an argument for. And so seeing him get drafted in the fifth round, luckily it was the top of the fifth round. It definitely wasn't the kind of money. I'm sure he probably made more NIL money than he did getting drafted in the fifth round. But what was he there to stay for? We saw two of his guys from the O-line, probably the best, even though that's questionable, get drafted to the Giants. He would have stayed and then, what, got blasted every time he went out on the field? Not really worth it. Not to say he wouldn't get blasted as a commanders, but <laughs> I feel like mm-hmm. go make your millions, get your shot to be a starting NFL quarterback because the competition is pretty fair. Carson Wentz, let's be real, is he going to make it through a season? Probably not. Uh, Mr. Heineke? Not exactly confident in him either. But the reason, say, I didn't even answer your question. I don't know why he fell, but I really do think that he's in the right company for personality in terms mm-hmm. of just kind of the guys and the beliefs. But ultimately, I just think it just wasn't a need for a quarterback as strong as people are really trying to build around or just halfway deal with <laughs> the quarterbacks that they have at hand, you know? Yeah, so I I was interested, you know, I'm, a, I'm from New England, so I'm a Pats yeah. fan. And I promise I'm not obnoxious about it, but <laughs> it's fine. when the Patriots were, when they drafted Bailey Zappi out of Western Kentucky mm-hmm. over Sam Howell, I was like, really? Yeah. And I, I get this like gut reaction to any quarterback that is a systems quarterback for like an air raid. And that's what Western Kentucky is. But I have to get over that myself because Patrick Mahomes was, you know, Texas Tech yeah. and they, they had the same thing. So they could be good. I, I, when I, when I, you know, when I looked back, I was like, why didn't they go with Sam Howell there? It seemed like a, a logical choice and it just didn't make any sense to me. I, you know, yeah. I, I thought I always, every projection you saw had Zappy below Howell. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just thought that was going to be a slam dunk there and it just never happened. Do you uh, think Belichick, but you know how he loves to kind of do those obscure picks where he's like, yeah, I got something that like pull oh, one over on you guys. Like for him. <laughs> he had like, like a third or fourth round pick in the first pick uh, in the first round. I was like, yeah, I was like, I'm going to show you guys that I know what's really about football. Boom, shakalaka, gotcha. Like, okay. (laughs) It's, it's, yeah, it is what it is. (laughs) But another name that popped up that I was surprised, and it wasn't even like a surprise because I kind of knew it was coming. Mm -hmm. But it's just kind of sad. And it kind of links into the NIL deals. Justin Ross at Clemson. Mm, Yeah. One year, a year and a half ago, he was a locked first round draft pick. Yeah. And then he gets hurt. And now he is signing a free agent deal. Now I want to see this guy. I want to see this guy rock. Which sure, he, he is, and he and that's a perfect landing spot for him. You know, with an offense like that that just lost Tyreek Hill, they're looking for wide receivers. If he can, if he can show that he's completely healthy, 
that's going to be a really fun story and you know a, a really good success story coming out of the ACC. And yeah. but again, that with the NIL stuff, that's like you wished he could have got his money because right. he would have, you know, if he was there two years ago and Dabo wasn't trying to like, you know, hold down the NIL stuff. I don't know what they're doing at Clemson with that, but I'm, I've heard a lot about it. But yeah, it's um, crazy. But you you wish that like you see why college football is so dangerous and why guys want to just get out and play. Yeah, Justin Ross is that perfect story, but he still he hasn't is. written his ending yet. So yeah. hopefully that'll happen. Absolutely. And I agree completely. I think that the type of injury he got in terms of, you know, you don't mess with the spine, the back, none of that. Like that's yep. where you start to get dicey in terms of people being nervous about how you're going to perform at the top level because wrong one wrong hit and that's into your career. So I think that, you know, hopefully everything heals right. And he just has a new fresh set of eyes, fresh set of coaches who can really give him that shot. Because of course, being with Patrick Mahomes, a guy who loves gadget players and, you know, Andy Reid and all of them, I think that's probably the best place for him because he knows he's starting out on a halfway decent team where he doesn't necessarily have to be the star right away, but he certainly can learn the system and get in where he fits in. And like, you'll see like little spurts where you'll probably hear the commentators be like, oh, and there's Justin Ross. They only have the whole story behind it. And like, we'll see him kind of have those flash breakout games and he'll be good to go. So mm-hmm. not worried about him whatsoever. Anybody else you got? So I've got one more. I've got, actually yes. got two. I, I, obviously, I'm gonna, I'll get to my BC one last. Okay. But Matteo Duran of Duke. Yeah. Um, I, I was kind of stunned he wasn't drafted. And I was just actually reading before we got on the air that he got the largest undrafted free agent guaranteed signing with mm. the Pittsburgh Steelers. So he's getting paid. So it's yeah. good. Like, you know, when you get to the sixth and seventh round versus a UDFA that's like highly coveted, it's not that big of a difference. Right. In terms of what the guarantees are going to be. So he's got his chance. And Pitt. I mean, Pittsburgh, I'm not sure that they have that deep of a, a running back stable, so he'll have his opportunity. But, you know, he was one of the best running backs other than Sean Tucker in the ACC last year. Um, and he did it with a team where they had literally no offense and it was just him. Yeah. Um, which, following Boston College, I know what that feels like. When we had <laughs> Dylan, there was nothing else around him. Um, yeah. But Durant, I think he's he's a guy that I thought would go dr- get drafted, but mm-hmm. he's going to, you know, he'll probably make it out of camp and – well, we might hear about him in the, in the fall. A hundred percent agree. And I think that is just the way that position is looked at now. Like the way running back yep. positions are viewed is definitely a reason why he took a hit, but also good for him for using that Duke education to figure out how to get his money regardless. So yep. we're not mad, mad about that situation. I think it's, it's almost perfect for Mateo to, again, to be next to Najee Harris and be with a new Pittsburgh Steeler regime in terms of offense. You get to start out kind of fresh with fresh eyes and, you know, Mike Tomlin is not a you know, shabby coach, so, you know, good yep. on him for getting into a great position for himself. And then there's Boston College player. All right, so the I last know who you're talking about, but go ahead. I Alec like Lindstrom. Yes. Uh, he was projected. What in the world? I don't know. He was projected to be a third or fourth round draft pick. Mm-hmm. Ends up getting undrafted. And I literally, just like kind of like you were doing with Sam Howell, like on, I think it was Saturday. It's Saturday. I was like just expecting it to be later. Yeah. I'm just like hitting refresh, and I'm like, he's not drafted, not drafted. <laughs> and then all the weird names from schools you never heard of start popping up. Yeah. I'm like, he's not going to get drafted. Right. And he didn't. And I, for the life of me, cannot figure out what it is about him. I had my co-host Mitch Wolf, who's a who does a lot of scouting stuff, and he's like, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know what people saw that they didn't like about him. Yeah, he's a smart dude. He's you know he's had a long Absolutely. run. He's got the he's got the family lineage with Chris playing for the Falcons. Um, and he, he just kind of fell off draft boards and we're, we're not even sure what it is, but that's what, yeah, I, you know, it's crazy to me. I mean, that's, ex- that 
you know, speaks to why this is all a guessing game at the end of the day. Like you can yep. be so high on people unless it's like an absolute number one without a doubt, without a question, blah, blah, blah. Everyone after that, it's like, eh. <laughs> you're yeah, exactly. hoping that you're right, but you just truly don't know. And when you look at all these war rooms, you're like, what do they want so badly or what do they feel like they're lacking? It really is all personal preference, which is just wild to me. But in the day, it's a show and prove league. Like you get in there, you get your spot. All you need is the opportunity. Not everyone can say that, right? Some people are signing arena football league deals or, you know, USFL and all that kind of stuff. So at least he gets a shot. Yeah, I think he, I think he is going to be better than what people expected. But yep. of course, you know, any it's almost better sometimes when you get to play with that chip. So we'll see. I want to wrap up today's show here. A little draft talk, of course, but I want to get you guys prepared of other things that AJ and I will be talking about throughout the spring and summer. But first, with ever increasing numbers of making models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts stores to stock all the parts you need. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend so much money for your chain store of parts at a core car dealership when you can choose Rock Auto, the family business, serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer. They have everything you need. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solutions for your auto part needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in there. How did you hear about his box? So they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliable low prices. All the parts your car will ever need. So wrapping up the show here, AJ Black locked on Boston College. And of course, we are talking draft mostly throughout the spring and summer. But of course, we got to get a little bit of pre getting you ready for the season action. And of course, Boston College doing big things. I know that transfer portal is not a huge thing for you guys, but at the end of the day, is there anything we should watch out for as we're looking at some of these teams up north, whether it's Boston College, Syracuse, or the like? Because, you know, I stay down here in the south a little bit. I get a little, get a little distracted. Yeah, I mean, Boston College, it was interesting. I saw Bet Online, one of our, our sponsors, mm-hmm. um, release their odds of the number one draft pick in the 2023 NFL draft. And you get all your blue bloods in the top four. It's, you know, C.J. Stroud of Ohio State, Bryce Young and um, Will Anderson of Alabama. And then I think it was um, one of their offensive line, Paris Johnson of Ohio State as well. And mm-hmm. then at number four, sitting at number four was Phil Dracovic. Yeah. And it was 16 to one odds on Bet Online. And <laughs> I was like, wow, that's interesting. And Tyler Van Dyke was there with him too. So there we go. I, I'm. <sighs> I got hammered last year on our podcast <laughs> because I went into the season saying Boston college was going to go nine and three and they ended up going six and six, but I yeah. always go back to what the hell was I supposed to say? I did not know the quarterback was going to get a catastrophic injury and be out for most of the season. The most important person on Boston college's team. Let's and I guess still get ripped for it because they're like, well, yeah. the coaching staff shouldn't have had a backup. I'm like, well, Halfley took over in the middle of a pandemic and brought in guys as developmental. I don't know what else he's supposed to do. Right. So, I, I I keep going back to if, you know, hype is hype, right? And sometimes mm-hmm. May hype is not the same as what it should. It's not fair. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's unrealistic. Um, and the betters, who knows what they know, but <laughs> you get a quarterback that can light the world on fire and, and, and throw for a million. We saw what Sam Hartman did last year. We saw what um, Kenny Pickett did. You get Jakovic out there healthy and staying healthy with Zay flowers out there. Hey, I'm just saying that's enough to to really cause a lot of problems for a lot of other defenses and could put BC in a position 
you know, their over under I see is like six. And I'm like, that seems like real easy money right there. Yeah. Listen, um, I can't I cannot wait to have that conversation about Boston College and the rest of the Atlantic because you can make an argument for Boston College. Like I don't think their defense will maybe necessarily be up to snuff the same as NC State's with all the guys that they're returning. Yep. But I still feel like they have a lot to prove and they definitely want Halfley to have a big season in coaching wise because you know, listen, this is year three, what we're doing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I mean, if you're looking up at the Northeast teams too, Syracuse is going to live and die by Sean Tucker this year. Yeah. 100%. And it, I mean, as again, as I talk about with BC with AJ Dillon about 10 years ago mm-hmm. or five years ago, I forget, I, you know, I'm losing track of time here. Um, <laughs> Tucker, you can win games when you mm-hmm. have a dominant running back that can do what Sean Tucker can do. He can take over games. You mm-hmm. saw it last year. That guy is one of the best running backs I've seen in the last decade in the ACC. Absolutely. And, and Syracuse can just ride him. I mean, like you can, if, if Dino can kind of flip it and continue doing kind of what he did last year, which I thought was really showed what he can do. And I was kind of impressed by Dino with this was mm-hmm. to go from his, like, you know, with Eric um, Dungy about five years ago with that speed offense that was just like, run up and hike the ball, hike, run up, you know, like super quick to more of a clock draining with Sean Tucker that that could that was like a really interesting coaching dynamic and coaching yeah. shift in his brain. I mean, Syracuse could be a tough out. I'm not going to I'm not a, I'm not ready to rule them out yet um, because you get a you get a team like BC who struggles to stop the run and you throw him out there with Schrader and they they run the two of them around a lot. They control the clock. They keep Chakovic on the bench. You have a you have a Syracuse win right there. So I mm-hmm. think there's some interesting uh, dynamics there with Syracuse. I, I still kind of lean back to this will probably be uh, their coaches last year, Dino's last year, because I still think they're going to fall. But I'm not selling. I'm not selling on Sean Tucker yet, you know? <laughs> yeah, 100%. I think Sean Tucker is definitely going to be the make or break or reason why Dino Babers either keeps or you know, slowly just leaves his job. But we also look at contracts and buyouts, and I think that they're right at that time where they can just find just enough money if they don't want to keep them. But, you know, that's either here nor there. There's a lot. But, to like, Go ahead. And Syracuse, the other piece too is like on BC Bulletin, where, where you can ca- check out all my work there. I kind of follow a lot of college recruiting, mm-hmm. and you get the Pitts, you got Boston College, even Rutgers up in the Northeast, and they're all three of those schools are recruiting a certain type of kid. Virginia Tech's in there too. Like those yeah. are the schools that re- that hit the Northeast. Syracuse is on an island all of their own. I don't know what they're doing. <laughs> Their recruiting classes are never all that impressive. I mean, Dino yeah. can recruit defensive backs. I'll give him credit for that. Yeah. But he's 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 doing what Steve Adazio did during his end end of his days, <laughs> which is hitting and beating Mac schools. So mm. I, that's the kind of stuff I look at and go, ooh, he's not building the program to the strength that they should be because Syracuse yeah. can. Yeah. Um, so that's a, that's a bigger concern, I think, in, in terms of like, what do you have other than Sean Tucker? I don't see much coming up, that kind of thing. Yeah, that's good to note. You know, people always wonder why, you know, get guys get fired. Sometimes it does come down to, well, who are you even trying to bring in to your schools to attempt to make it better? So that's definitely something to keep an eye out of for. And again, we have plenty of time. The summer is going to be long and there's going to be a lot to talk about. Next week, we'll talk about drafts who draft uh, takes, there it is, that we felt like, you know, hit. Guys that we felt like, okay, that was probably why he should have landed where he landed. I think he's going to be really good, especially around the ACC, because there were a lot of good ones. I kind of want to start with Kenny Pickett from uh, Pittsburgh, because I really would love to know your thoughts about guys who stay close to home and how you think that fares. But 
We'll leave that for a meat on the bone for people to come back next week to talk to us. AJ, it's always a pleasure. Can you remind folks of where they can find you, follow your work? Yeah, absolutely. I'm the host of Locked On Boston College. I do this five days a week. Um, we were just we're, we've been talking about the 2023 NFL draft. I just had a whole episode dedicated to why I think Phil Dracovic will be a first round draft pick next year. You can check that out. So, um, but I've had some great since we've last talked. I've had some great interviews. I had Zay Flowers on a couple weeks ago. Ooh, um, I gotta check that out. Yeah, um, it, I didn't actually interview him. One of my co, uh, one of my guests that I've had yeah. on that I know uh, was able to go because Zay got himself a Beamer. And if you're talking NIL deals. And so when I see people ripping on BC, I'm like, Zay's driving a BMW right now. So don't, (laughs) Don't we're up there. We're, we're doing our thing. Right. So um, I have some cool interviews. I had also interviewed Christian Mahogany last week. I, you know, a lot of stuff going on in lockdown BC and I'm also the editor and publisher of bcbulletin.com. You can check out my work there. Love it. All right, guys, make sure you come back next week. We've got a lot to cover here. And you're tapping into all of our Locked On a Locked On Podcast Network conference shows, whether it's Pac-12, ACC, Big Ten, Big 12, and all the like. We want to make sure – oh, sorry, I forgot about SEC. How could I forget about the SEC? Dang it me. Make sure you guys check out all the shows. There's a lot of good things to talk about there, and all of the hosts are so good at what they do. For Candace Cooper and AJ Black, until next time.